Hello, everyone, and thank you for the download. It's Wednesday, March 1st, or Thursday, March 2nd, or uh, someday around that time frame. This is episode 56 of the Marty Called Podcast. I'm Tim Grassy, and today I'm joined by my co-host, Skipper Ben. What's up, Ben? Eric Miller sucks. <laughs> Listen comment. to the show, and that's, yeah. uh, that actually makes sense. That's fine. Yeah, he knows. He knows why. I think uh, uh, Len and Jim will go out and praise some of their listeners. We do the exact opposite. Well, none of our, lis- none of our listeners pay us. They only praise the ones that pay them. That's fair. That's fair. Where's, when are we starting our Patreon? <laughs> we probably should do that. Raise some money here and actually pay for this thing. Is our Amazon link not doing a banger business right now? No, I killed that. Oh, um, damn it. For those of you wondering where Josh is, he is currently taking advantage of the cast member discounts on Galactic Star Cruiser, so he is not here. And because Josh isn't here, it's not really fair to call this the Marty Called Podcast. So instead, this is Ben and Tim's Fantasy Baseball Roundup. So, Ben, what do you think of your draft? How do you do? Well, with 1-1, I was quite uh, happy to take Andrew Painter, the uh, Phillies starting pitcher. Number six overall prospect, uh, according to the Major League Baseball Top 100. Pro- do we want to go over that list first before we go over the draft? Or that, I, that seems like a better starting point, to be honest. Why don't we table that for the next show? Uh, okay. But I do, th- I do think it's a good idea. So uh, for those people that want to hear Ben and Tim's Fantasy Baseball Roundup, you can tune in to the next episode of the Marty Called Podcast. Because Josh will be Josh will be here for that one because he's yeah, a base, Josh he's, did, a, he's a sports fan of the three of us. These we days. did learn that Josh is a sports fan now, so he is he's pretty much pull, in tune with us. We got to pull back the curtain. Like we literally, how many times did we have to delay recordings this football season? Because Josh, I honestly, <laughs> one of his excuses was. We can't record on Thursday night because the Jaguars are playing. <laughs> well, first off, we recorded about three times during the football season, so we did. But the, <laughs> we tried. We tried Josh. to record more, but the who has delayed anything because the Jacksonville Jaguars were playing a game. So Tim and you I say were Jaguar f- weird. Jaguar, why? I'm come on, come on. You're, put, you're putting an extra emphasis that doesn't need to be there. Jaguars. Jag- <laughs> Jaguars. Uh, but seriously, Tim, uh, Josh, uh, it just floored me and Tim when Josh put <laughs> off recordings because there was football games on, and we we're like, "Who, who is this guy?" Wasn't it? Um, Bring it give us Pack- back on Josh. It was a Packers game. It was a Packers, was a Packers one. Yes, yeah. It was like yep. Packers Lions when they're both eight and eight teams, <laughs> and we couldn't record until the game was over. <laughs> it's like, oh, come on, dude. Like Tim and I are massive sports fans, and both of us are like, we're out. What? Come on. <laughs> And speaking of Aaron Rodgers, Rodgers the Musical coming to California Adventure for a limited engagement. Did you like that transition? That was pretty good. Yeah. That was pretty good. Uh, Actually, you know what? I I did transition over to that. I am very excited about this. It's a tough show to crack, but I think it's – I am very excited about this. I'm quite bummed that I'm going to Disneyland like three – two months before uh, this debuts, but whatever. Uh, Yeah, it's going to be interesting how they do this. Um you know, in the, in I the, hope it's not a limited engagement. I really hope they continue it on, assuming that it's good. Well, I was going to say, it's very clear uh, in the release that it is a limited engagement. And if we've noticed anything, especially with the Marvel properties out there, they're not afraid to do something for like two days and call it a, call it a wrap out there, which just makes no sense uh, to me. Uh, like the Hulk meet and greet and stuff yeah. that was just gone quickly. But this seems like it's going to have a pretty substantial investment. Uh, and and that theater is not running anything at all right now anyway. Right, it hasn't done anything since COVID. And, no, I mean like they they bumped up the production value when they went from Aladdin to Frozen, but the show was just nowhere near as popular. That Aladdin show was no. fantastic. Aladdin was a must see attraction out there. And the I think that they're probably 
trying to give themselves an out by calling it a limited engagement. If the show is popular, I'd be very surprised if it is a limited engagement. But this is this is absolutely a tough thing to thread, a tough show to crack because it needs to be deliberately bad or cheesy, but still Broadway quality. Yeah. So trying to find that, trying to thread that needle of not taking itself too seriously, but still being good enough to be, you know, on par with like the five minutes that we saw that was also deliberately bad and cheesy is, is difficult. And I don't know who they're bringing in to do the writing. um, Well, I do. I wonder how much more it's going to be than what we've seen uh, performed. Uh, This, this screams to me of something that's a 15 to 20 minute experience. Uh, not a fully fleshed out deal. Which well, they've got five minutes, right? So they've got five. Uh, yeah. I just don't know if we're going to get a whole lot more than that, especially if it is truly a limited uh, engagement experience. Or I think they're going to get it for the the pub and get it for mm-hmm. the uh, social media uh, pop that it's going to get. And you know do that's fine. Do, uh, do they do Star Spangled Man with a Plan and have Hitler on stage at California Adventure? And have Captain America punch him. <laughs> that would be, be fine. I'd be okay with that. <laughs> I don't, I, for some reason, I don't think that's going to fly. Uh, no. But I, what, what I think is really interesting about this, though, is how this is actually pushing out the boundaries of the, uh, gosh, what do they call it? Avengers Campus. Yeah. Into an area of the park that really doesn't have anything right now outside of Monsters, Inc., I mean, it's a it's a weak themed area. It was a yeah, part that was largely weak. ignored. It was largely ignored when they redid DCA uh, a decade ago. Gosh, it's been yeah. a decade. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I, Monsters Inc's in a really weird spot, and I actually like that attraction quite a bit. It's, but it's it a really, solid dark ride. For it what stands. It, is. it stands out on its own, though. Like, there's just nothing yeah. else over there connecting it to anything. This, especially, I think, with the popularity of Avengers, and and honestly, with. Uh, the limited space they have, you know, they're going to, they're supposedly putting in that big e-ticket attraction. That's going to go kind of back in that parking lot area. That's backstage right now as is, but outside of that, there's, there's really no other space to do anything else. Avengers that is, is as easy to overtake as this section of the park would be. So, right. you know, and I don't want that theater to go anywhere. Cause I think that theater is just it's a great absolutely, theater. it's fantastic. I wish Disney world had a venue like that because it does too. I yeah. once, uh, hypothetically in a, uh, in a uh, what what do we call it here? Like a thought a, th- a think tank deal here on the show. I did build a two hundred and fifty million dollar theater at one point on <laughs> Main <true>. Street. Uh, <laughs> so so it could, I, it could house fifty thousand people. I love my theaters, so uh, I don't want that venue to go away. And I don't know if there's anything else you could do there outside of Rogers the Musical that would make uh, sense for a Marvel themed attraction, but. This space does seem like one day could be all just Marvel. That whole side of the park could be Marvel. Uh, but you would have to find something permanent to go in that theater for that to, to really work, in my opinion. Uh, so, you know, maybe this is neat dipping their toe in it. Maybe they, maybe this does work and it does gangbuster business and they keep it around forever. Uh, it makes that idea a lot easier for them to expand Marvel uh, into this section. But that that to me is just kind of the interesting deal is like this is the first time they've they're 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 breaking those boundaries a little bit going outside that footprint that they currently have uh is this just really a a one off deal or could we see more marvel hitting the side of the park i mean there are some big buildings there that that aren't eating a lot of people so the building that has turtle talk with crush in it has a lot of other stuff that's probably the that's probably big enough to put a dark ride in 
It is the th- the sad part there. Is I really like that animation building. It's a cool building. There's really nothing. I mean, that whole s- center section. That's my favorite part. I could sit in there for an hour and just watch all the mm-hmm. different animation uh, and listen to the music and stuff. But you know, honestly, you could do that with Marvel stuff if you wanted to too. With the with the catalog of movies that they have and the the kind of same deal and kind of tell the tell the MCU story in there. But there's you know there's just really no. They don't do as much animation <laughs> anymore, as I hate to say it, a big animation yeah. company not doing as much uh, traditional animation that would just desperately need that uh, in that park anymore. It's definitely not something people go way out of their way to do. So, yeah, that's that's something that can be overdone. Uh, and I remember, you know, back in the day going to uh, the Electronica uh, oh, nighttime awesome. experience. Yeah. yeah. And there's that one building back there that used to be a quick service restaurant that was turned into Flynn's arcade. That's just, I think sitting yeah, there nothing. absolutely empty right now. So that's it's, a pretty between monsters Inc and Hyperion. Yeah. Theater, is that what you're talking so that, about? Yeah. Yep. There's a big space right there that they could do something. There's a theater. So like if um, I just pulled up an aerial of it, uh, the reality is like, first off it, I didn't realize that it was technically labeled Hollywood Boulevard and Sunset yeah. Boulevard, which is yeah. a vastly inferior version of what's in Hollywood <laughs> studios. Yep. But that stretch, that's Hollywood Boulevard. I mean, I, I understand Monsters Inc. Mike and Sully is a, is a good ride and I do like the ride, but it's not something sacred No, and no. you could really get rid of like the entire stretch of Hollywood Boulevard uh, hang the left to Monsters Inc. and get rid of the theater, and that actually Har- opens up a ton of space. It does. Philhar Magic's a massive theater in there, Magic yep. Footprint. Uh, you know, maybe we table this. Maybe this is a future uh, project yeah. we work on here of how we would put Marvel in this section of the park. But uh, I mean, that, that's almost Cars Land size. Like if you it is. Yeah. if you selectively move these buildings around, and especially if you get rid of Hyperion Theater, which I don't think they should do, uh, but. That is a substantial, substantial space. Um, and you've, I'm trying to, have you been over to uh, Avengers Campus since no, the web? Okay. I have not yet. No. <laughs> Aesthetically, it's not overly interesting, but you and I are just such big Marvel fans that having a place where the Marvel characters actually exist mm-hmm. is in itself cool. And Web Slingers is a perfectly fine ride. It's not, um, it's not Islands of Adventure, Spider Man attraction, but, uh, Guardians is a better ride than that than that Tower of Terror. I wouldn't put it ahead of Florida's Tower of Terror. Uh, yeah. I know you've been on that. Yeah. And we'll see what the other ride brings because that is a – assuming that they eat up uh, most of that cast member parking lot, that is a very big space back there yep. for yep. that attraction. So, Well, if, it, if any property that they have could justify – you know, even more expansion than what they uh, you have access to, it would be, it would be Marvel. Yeah. Uh, and honestly, you know, this is, this is the Hollywood section of the park. The neat thing about Marvel films is they take place in the real world. Mm-hmm. It's always a city under attack uh, of some sense. You, you might not even have to do that much theming of the section itself and, and put in a, attractions of, uh, you know, villains invading uh, a Hollywood type deal. And maybe you build an attraction that's kind of California based where you're, where you're, Saving. Those snack stands aren't like great themed. No. So I mean, a couple of different facades and yeah. not significant otherwise functional changes. So you keep, as you said, those you know snack stands like the the hot dog stand and the uh, smoothie stand. But you know they can be themed a little bit more appropriately to yeah. Los Angeles. You know that sort of well, thing. I, I agree. I think we table this and this is we, a future uh, <laughs> this is not fu- the intent of this <laughs> no but a, a future idea of us working out uh how we add marvel to this section of the park expand that footprint what yeah. would we do uh because i i have a gut feeling we're we're going towards that at some point 
probably, if not a part of Disneyland Forward. But I think this is, this is the the logical spot for it because there is a lot of I don't want to call it dead space, but space that could be better utilized in that area. Yeah. So, so, but we're uh, we're both pro Rogers the musical. This is a great, completely, completely great idea. A, great idea. I was very pleased with this, and this is something that I think we literally called for on this show. I, I know so. that I called for it elsewhere. That. I I'm a big fan of things that are delightfully stupid, and <laughs> the 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 song that they did uh, in, as part of Hawkeye is delightfully stupid. Yep. Um, <laughs> there's there's nothing. To, it doesn't bother anybody, and I don't know no. anybody else taking it too seriously is. I I, I would like to see. Uh, I would like them to cast an actual Hawkeye to sit in the crowd though and roll his eyes oh, throughout the entire uh, performance. <laughs> that would be awesome. Yeah, be just take that'd it at next level. <laughs> So I talked about this at the beginning, uh, making fun of Josh. The Galactic Star Cruiser is continuing to get discounts. Uh, we could have called it. I yep. just their their flat out refusal to change timeline items just grates at me. Hi everyone, Tim here. Turns out Bob Iger and Josh Tomorrow got an advanced copy of this podcast before it was edited. We recorded this show on Monday night and immediately sent the raw audio to Bob and Josh. A decree from above came down on Tuesday to have a Mandalorian meet-and-greet live in Galaxy's Edge, day and date, with the release of Season 3 of The Mandalorian. You have us to thank. You're welcome. And now back to your regularly scheduled podcast. Their their flat-out refusal to change timeline items just grates at me. I, I I don't understand why the Galaxy's Edge Halcyon timeline is the one thematic integrity hill that today's Disney company is willing to die on. So I, I, I wrote, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, I was just gonna say we're, we're gonna talk about in a little bit that my upcoming Disneyland trip, and just thumbing through some of the stuff to get ready for it, seeing the the walk around uh, Mandalorian and, and Grogu, yeah, and going, oh, that's cool. I'm gonna see that, and then just read exactly what you said. It hit me in the head like, why isn't this in Florida? Oh yeah, because that stupid hotel. I uh, on our last trip sought out the uh, PhotoPass photographer to get a photo of Emma, my oldest daughter, with Grogu, which they don't have. They have like the enhanced PhotoPass thing where they take right. a picture in front of a wall and they put Grogu there. And I went back to the same area. By the way, it's on the stretch between Toy Story Land and Galaxy's Edge. But I went back a few times to try to find the photographer because it wasn't always there. But that was the one thing in that land that I wanted her to experience because she knew who Grogu was. Yeah. So having the actual meet and greet would be great. But uh, I think that if they want the Halcyon to survive, they need to strip away the timeline or at least be willing to have multiple uh, cruises that use the original trilogy. Otherwise, it's just not going to last. There isn't enough sustained interest with that budget. No. That they, they they can't have the same thing for that long. It's something that I still really want to do. I'd like to do it too, but it's not it's the the cost is prohibitive to the yep. point that it's not going to be something you actively seek out. No. I'm more interested in doing the uh, Back to the Future Escape Room because it's literally what one one hundredth the price. Uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, maybe not a hundredth. It's substantially cheaper, and it's an hour experience. It doesn't require substantial planning to do but it's also something that is in theory in that hour just as well themed so it's just everything about this uh (laughs) we all saw this coming right i mean 
it, it didn't take a year. It didn't take, I, I, I'm, I go on my, you know, Facebook memories right now. And I'm seeing a lot of the stories from, uh, the grand opening, which happened just a little over a year ago. And it, it didn't take a year for them to just start greatly reducing this. What now they're doing cast member discounts, yep. uh, uh, but they're not Tom, paying the cast members so that they can even afford it. Nope. Uh, they're not, uh, what Tom, uh, reported over there on WDWNT that they're down to one dinner service a night. Cause there's no need for two. Uh, Corliss has done a measurable percentage of these. Like he's done about 8% of them. I think <laughs> <laughs> he has, he has, uh, it's just interesting that the clientele that they wanted to go for, first off, this isn't their thing. Like they priced this for the very, very, very wealthy. And they priced it. We we knew that the super fans were going to do this no matter the price, but most of the super fans can only really probably afford to do it once (laughs) without going into massive debt. Uh, But then it's also priced for the super wealthy and the super wealthy aren't looking to go on a two night, three day, uh, theme park deal for this price. They're, they're going to go somewhere much nicer for a much longer time if they're going to pay that much. So it just it it was targeted towards an audience that's just simply not there. And I they're applaud fi- the ambition, but yeah, they're finding out the hard way that it's not there. It's not that this isn't really cool. It's mm-hmm. not that the experience is not amazing. Literally, the thing that's keeping this thing from being a success is the price. Yeah, flat out. That's it. And you know, I don't know. I, I don't know what they consider a break-even point. I don't think, to me, it, it drive this thing down uh, quite a bit. It's not going to make as much, you know, as they projected year over year. But does that really matter in the grand scheme of thing? As long as it's like being used, it's it's being booked. They are making whatever it is. They're making some money off of it because at any point they're going to be making money off of it. And if it's ran that way, it can stay open for you know years. At this point. How if it stays as it is? How much longer is this thing open for? Well, what are they like? If most of the characters in the Halcyon are characters created for the Halcyon, right? You've got the yeah, you've got the the show on the final dinner that features characters from movies. In it, it features Kylo, it features Ray. Um, I believe is Chewie regularly walking around. Yes. Yes. Okay. Um, and you have stormtroopers regularly walking around and Kylo. But I don't know if Kylo's regularly walking around other than that final evening. That, yeah, well, he, yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I guess I can say like, he's a, re- he's a, he's part of each one of those. It's a regular experience where he's in there. Yeah. But I mean, and I, I said this, uh, five minutes ago that if you change it to the original trilogy, is that enough to, to take it off of life support? Or is it just putting a Band-Aid on it? I don't think if it's the same price, it's enough. Okay, so so the price point is still... I mean, the price point definitely is a driver for me, regardless of, uh, you know, most recent trilogy or original trilogy. But if they built this as something that was going to last for 50 years, um, they couldn't have anticipated that a single storyline was going to work. No, uh, there's no. a reason why the development of the Millennium Falcon attraction had multiple uh, missions that the those types of things do get stale. Whereas when you look at an experience like Rise of the Resistance, sure, the 20th ride on it is not going to be the same as the first one. You're not your mind isn't going to be as blown, but yeah. there's enough dimensional 
activity going on that that ride is eminently rewritable relative to an experience like this or say smugglers run well and i will say this i think technically you can say this has two storylines okay because oh yeah I from my my understanding you can go on it once and you can be a good guy and then mm-hmm. you can go back a second time and you could play it out as a bad guy so it does have two storylines broken off right there but again especially at that what you're 10 grand in plus for six days of vacation right that's insane and i think for, you look for at what it- you get that's insane so, I mean, just taking a step back from it, you and I both agree that this is something we would like to do. I'd love to do it. And when either one of us wins Powerball, then we're buying the other one the room, yep. and that's we'll do it. But under normal circumstances, and we both make, you know, we both have decent careers, uh, it's not something that would be the first choice. That I would much rather, if we said we wanted to do this with a group, too, that I think is what the, yep. the sales pitch would be. I think it'd be a better option to just take that same group and go on a Disney cruise or go on a cruise on another ship or do some other vacation that would be the same price point. The, the, and the f- you would just get so much more. The four of us, my family, are going on a five-day cruise out of uh, Galveston, Texas through through you know several stops along the coast of Mexico yep. for one-fifth the price of this. Right. Four of us for five days. For right. a fifth the price on a very nice cruise ship. <laughs> it's yeah. like, uh, yeah. And that's the uh, same argument I, we, we made when this first debuted that, like, it looks very cool, but. Yeah. So. Yeah. I don't know. They, they Or if they want to keep charging that price, how do you make a better value out of it? Does it come along with, like, a three day park hopper afterwards? Maybe. You know, here it's going to cost this much, and we're not going to give you a room afterwards, but it does come with a three day park hopper. Please go get a room at, you know, All Star or something. And stick around for a few more days. I, I don't maybe know. Maybe it does include that. Maybe it does say, all right, if you pay this price, you do get that value resort room. Uh, and that'll be a nice maybe flip it does, side. Yeah. Or, you know what? It's real easy. Maybe it includes a lightsaber. Okay. Maybe 200 bucks right there. That's fine. Value. But, but yeah, you know, part, part, part of your day on Batu is at 2 o'clock, you've got a reservation to go over there and make a lightsaber. Mm-hmm. And you know what? If there's four in your group, there's four lightsabers. Because those... What that's uh eight hundred bucks, you know, uh the retail value on it. What's what does it cost Disney for those four? Yeah, fifty bucks, fifty bucks maybe. You know, in yeah. those for those plastic pieces, <laughs> you know, uh, <laughs> maybe maybe it includes that. Maybe it includes all you can drink blue milk. It includes a, a droid while you're on Batu. Like all the stuff that you would have to pay for extra is included in your five thousand dollars. You know. It, it, and honestly, those things do not cost Disney hardly anything in the grand scheme of things to get people to book more reservations at that place. So right now, for just what you get, it it doesn't add up to me. And it's obviously not adding up to a lot of people <laughs> or we wouldn't be seeing the uh, discounts are rolling out now. But yeah, it only it only took a year for us to get to this point. So I can't wait to see where we are, you know, 12 months from now. So I had a, a note down here in talking about this and We've talked about it on the show before, and it is kind of the nature of what we do here. When a themed land is built, uh, especially a themed land that is geared towards a specific intellectual property, you're already restricted in what you can do. And any change, any addition to that land has the potential to further dilute that land. So uh, I looked at what they added at Hollywood Studios, and my commentary was that Disney built two lands in Hollywood Studios. One is largely two-dimensional in Toy Story, Mm -hmm. and then the other is technically four-dimensional. 
in Galaxy's Edge because they have the timeline. And <laughs> it's pretty clear that both lands would be better if they were three-dimensional. That yeah. you need to dial it back on Galaxy's Edge and add a little bit more layered detail as opposed to painted flats in Toy Story Land. Um, and I think that Galaxy's Edge itself, I don't really have a problem with it. In fact, I think it was, it's Mm-mm. a great addition to that park. But the fact that they just painted themselves in a corner and a stupid one at that where all they really need to do is just say, hey, we're not adhering to this timeline anymore. And then it all goes away. Uh, they can expand. They can modify the uh, Millennium Falcon. They can have characters across various platforms. I think I like the idea, and people have criticized this, about doing it on a planet that we don't know because it would allow for characters from all uh, walks of Star Wars universe, be they movies, be they Clone Wars, be they whatever, to appear in Galaxy's Edge once you are willing to eliminate that timeline. And I think that just would make the land that much better. Well, and I think we have to keep an eye on this. It could get a little interesting because I have not seen this, you know, for myself, but I know when the Mandalorian season three trailer dropped, there were a lot of comments about how some of the spots look like you're they they visit Batu. Okay. Uh, So I wonder if they break down that wall and Mando finally arrives on Batu and they can figure out how to, you know, he's the most popular character in the Star Wars universe by a mile right now. Oh, yeah, uh, absolutely. Just, just get well, I think that. Grogu is probably even more popular, but yes, those two characters. Just get those two in that section somehow, and, and you've already done well. Um, now, one thing I think with the – and I wonder if this is a way to solve a little bit of everything, uh, because we I think we've all said that Hollywood Studios could use more capacity. Those lines mm-hmm. for those attractions are crazy right now. Uh, and I do think one of the, the – the nice value propositions of staying at the Galactic Star Cruiser is on your day on Batu, and you get that front of the line access to Rise of the Resistance and and Millennium Falcon. You you mm-hmm. get to show your little pin, you get to go up there, so it's a perk. Uh, I know you're supposed to be doing their missions and stuff while you're there, but you know having having the ability to jump a line that's you know two hours plus, or uh, uh, your ride that has a you know twenty five dollar per person individual lightning lane, it's an easy win for Disney to do something like that and give that perk to those, those guests, you know, what if um, I know we talked about it in our like group chat, expanding that land, putting more attractions yeah. around star Wars, which one gives you more capacity for your day guests, but two also might give you one or two more attractions that your people are saying that star cruiser are going to get to jump the line for. And at the end, you know, th- at that point they're thinking, Oh, this is, this is really cool. Instead of two rides, I get four rides where I yeah. get to go on during that day and not wait in a second of line, but then also have your meet and greets and put more meet and greets in there. And that's another thing that those day get those guests at the star cruiser get to show their pin. They go to the side and they get to meet Mando and Grogu without waiting in line and stuff like that. I, or I don't know, but I think maybe adding more things to the land, more attractions to the land could also be a way to help add value to what the guests are spending at the, the star cruiser in the long run. Yeah, that's a, that's a great idea. And I mean, we know, We've, we've said it uh, on here that Hollywood Studios desperately needs more capacity. Mm-hmm. I don't really know where the expansion – I know that there is at least one expansion plot on there. I'm mm-hmm. going to guess probably by like the First Order area is probably mm-hmm. where they would have the uh, most room for expansion. But that does go right up against World Drive if I'm not mistaken. So I don't yeah. know how much room there is there. But it, it, that's like the very back of the park. So there's probably some room. There is sections over there behind that land is parking lot. 
And okay. if you if you theme how to get to that area, it's easy to put stuff on a parking lot. Yeah, they don't need all that parking space. They 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 really don't. If they ever did, they can build build a freaking parking garage out front. It's it's not that hard. Uh, but you you know there would be a little bit of getting there, which uh, you know lends to the story of Star Wars. They want you living an adventure. They don't want you you know, it walking from one thing to the next without going through paths, without going through themed areas to get there. So I, to me, that's not that big of a problem. Uh, but I mean, shoot, they, they, the guardians of the galaxy roller coaster that easily something like that could be a star Wars coaster. You know, back in the day they had yeah, the, 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 the tie fighter, uh, or the, was it tie fighter or speeder by, or I think it might've been both. I can't remember. There was a, the tie fighter, X-Wing coaster. It was like a dueling indoor coaster that I know they have blueprint for and the plans for something that was on the board. Um, you know, now they kind of have the technology with what they did with, uh, guardians that Mm -hmm. could make for an amazing space roller coaster. Uh, you add something like that to that area is it's going to be a massively popular ride, but give those guests the uh, early access or easy access to it as well. I don't know. It, 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 there's things that they can do to add value to what they're already charging for on there. If they're deciding not to drop the price ever, but mm-hmm. you know, the first thing they probably need to do is drop the price and then let more people go. And the more people go, go, the more people are going to talk about it and say how cool it is. And also be like, Oh, you know, cut it in half, cut it to $3,000. You know, then, mm-hmm. then you're, then you're maybe getting into an area where like I can justify it a little bit better, but they are certainly just at a price point right now that people can't justify it. And they're, it's not just us bitching about it. <laughs> on you know on a podcast it's the proof is in the pudding like nobody's going and that's the right. reason why people are voting with their wallets on that uh yeah. you're not going to like it but another option is to get rid of the muppets area and pizza rizzo and that is another <sighs> huge huge footprint if they were to expand star wars but i mean it I, makes sense and i do not want that i will never vote for that ever but it makes sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and if they're never going to really do anything with the Muppets ever, like it's probably going to happen at some point, but you know, I think the next development in that park is on the opposite side of the park. I think that's a more likely scenario. I also think it is quite likely that we never ride rock and roller coaster starring Aerosmith again. I don't know what they're doing. I'm, I don't know that they know what they're doing, hmm. but they had a refurbishment in place and uh, with accusations against Steven Tyler now, uh, now is as good a time as any for them to come up with a different solution and it might be something that gets fast-tracked. And I, don't think just, you, I don't think it, you want that. You, you mean you don't want it fast-tracked? I don't think you want Aerosmith taken out of that. Okay. I mean, I don't know what the solution is and I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm I assuming think, that I, they I think put, I I think I know what the solution is, and you're not going to like it at all. What is it? If they're going to do something that major over there, yep, they could just go and do the whole thing, do that whole section of the park. And we've talked about it before. Oh, you think Marvel? It, dude, they're having success with it everywhere. I think it goes into Wonders of Life uh, in the Play Pavilion. With that being scrapped, I think if there's anywhere in any way they can shoehorn Marvel into those parks at all, it's going to happen. And the saving grace is they can't do a lot in Florida, and that's 
keeping them from on effing those areas. It is, but again, I've said this before, they do stuff with really interesting characters because those characters fall outside of that master list that Universal has. Yeah. They're, they're, I mean, we don't we know live that Doctor Strange is available. Doctor Strange is available. We the Guardians of the Galaxy never would have been available. They would have never done anything with that property if they had not been on that list. They struck gold with it. Uh, you look at the Shang-Chi stuff. We, we've talked about... Uh, you know, Black Panther not being available, but again, which version of T'Challa <laughs> is yeah. not available? And are the other characters available? Like, what if they just made everybody scrolls and then you say it's not Captain America, it's a scroll as Captain America? Yep, is that a uh, loophole that they can circumvent? They are definitely not <laughs> afraid to try to get around those loopholes. And I think if they're going to do something major with the rock and roller coaster over there, I, it wouldn't shock me if they just said, let's do something throughout this whole section. Mm-hmm. My, my weird gut feeling. Yeah, it, it seems drastic when they could just switch a band out. Mm-hmm. But there's a price that comes with putting any kind of band in there and the music catalog that comes along with it and the rights fees that go along with it and the, the money you got to pay every year. At that point, they go, screw that. Let's just put one of our own things in here. We've already done it in in Paris. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we've, I think we've the move turned- is not keeping it as a band-themed attraction. It's that, all right, you have an onboard audio, fine, but you come up with a totally different concept for it that just uses the onboard audio. Yeah, That's you could, all. or you or you figure out which characters work for Flight Force uh, that yeah. they have rights to, and they do that. Yeah. Anyway, again, <laughs> we're, we, we are an armchair Imagineering show. We got into uh, not planned armchair Imagineering here. Why don't, you are heading on a trip, and as part of that trip, you will get to ride Tron. Uh, early previews have taken place, and by all I'll accounts... Get, get, I get to ride Tron? That's that's my rumor. That's, that's what I hear. In in Hollywood? Oh, that's right. You're going to California. That's <laughs> I'm sorry. Well, uh, that was well. a nice try. You, you, you're you one for two on your segues uh, this episode. <laughs> First well, one Tron was awesome. These are coming in place. This one was uh, you stepping out of the batter's box with eight seconds left on the pitch clock. Yeah, there um, you go. And the and game ending in a tie. The game ending in a tie. Uh, so <laughs> another joke for four of us. There we go. Yep. Uh, Tron previews are going on. Ben is not ever going to ride. I think those nope. are the rules. Nope. Uh, actually, we were talking with, uh, with Gary before we recorded. And uh, Gary has been on the ride and, and did enjoy the ride. My the- thought for, for one second, make my quick review only for Gary. I have not been on that ride yet, and it sucks. <laughs> Gary Gary gets it. I think the, the consensus from people that have ridden it is that it is a very fun ride. It is short. It is not as good as Cosmic Rewind. But I think all of those things were things we knew. So, I mean, the fact that this exists in Shanghai means that the previews aren't anything that should be a surprise. So I'm looking forward to experiencing it. Um, I hope that my uh, fat ass fits or more accurately, my fat calves fit. I don't think I will have an issue, but I know that some people are having an issue with it, but in general, it aesthetically looks good and I'm looking forward to experiencing it on my next trip. Yeah, I guess I'm in the minority of people who actually really like Tron legacy, uh, the movie. (laughs) You can hold that party in a phone booth. I did. I liked it. Um, and I still like it today. I've seen it many times. Uh, I love the soundtrack. I <laughs> love soundtrack is great. Soundtrack's fantastic. I love the visuals. Uh, the, 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 the visuals are stunning. And I think this attraction does a great job of porting that over from, uh, the screen to real life. I'm super excited for this, man. I think the it looks quote awesome. quote-unquote pre-show looks very good. It's gonna- pre-show looks crazy, and I guess that's something I had never seen from I, yeah. Shanghai. Uh, I, I guess they have that there, but I that blew me away that time I saw that, and I really can't wait to see that. Uh, yes, it does look a little short, 
I think. Uh, I mean, it is. Let's not sugarcoat it. It's a short well, ride, but I we think, knew that. I think Disney says it's two minutes, uh, but they, they said four. <laughs> I was gonna say it's like <laughs> that's literally from when you first see the train rolling into the load station. Is like when they start the clock. Uh, they, they they don't count the all that time of you getting on the ride, getting locked in, them checking your uh, restraints. That's all part of the ride experience. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, um, getting putting your stuff in the locker. That's all part of the experience. <laughs> that's when the ride starts. <laughs> The, uh, um, the line that uh, that the friend of the show Jalen said was something like, uh, "This your is friend, like not mine. This is the equivalent of measuring from the balls." <laughs> yep, <laughs> behind the ball. Anyway, uh, my my daughter asked if she could listen to the podcast tonight, and I was like, "I think nope. uh, Josh isn't here. We can, but thanks for screwing that up." Uh, You're welcome. <laughs> um, no, I'm I'm super excited for this. Uh, we're it's again, a new ride in the Magic Kingdom. That in itself, yeah, and, and one that thematically fits as yep. well. Uh, so, so all of those are good things. And again, it's another one those that I think it's actually a double ride experience without it intending to be a double ride experience. I think it's one way to do it during the day and then a totally yeah. different experience at night. So I love that rewritability of it. I don't know. We talked about it earlier. I would love to see them bring Electronica back for a, oh a gosh, time that, period. Such a great ha- show. Yeah, just to bring, shoot. You know what? They got Stitches stage over there. It's super easy to do Electronica yeah. off of that stage. And leading that area. I mean, it, it would be awesome to bring just some of that uh, liveliness to it. I love it. Uh, and and the again, the absolute best part about this attraction, it added capacity without taking away capacity. My, got, my big complaint is location. I, I hate that it's in front, that it's behind the speedway and that the speedway is still a thing. But yep. it, I, I agree with you that adding additional um, entertainment to it. I like the uh, the walkway up to it. It gives new mm-hmm. angle, new uh, perspective of Space uh, Space Mountain, which is great. So definitely looking forward to seeing it in person and experiencing Shoot, it, it in person. Even the little tunnel. Uh, you get like a little added scene on the on the train where where you go through there. There's an audio piece in there that kind of makes it feel like you're, you know, in what in the in, in the ride, in the in the system. Uh, so, it, you know, Adds adds something new to the train, so I don't know. This is a win win in my opinion, like all the way around. So yeah. more more of this Disney, please. More of this. Why don't we move to uh, your your trip report of uh, Southern Italy? I believe is where you're going. If you want to want to touch on that, you're, you're yeah, planning uh, for that trip. Yeah, we're going to California next week. All right, good show. Oh, you want to know more? Yes. Please. My bad. <laughs> uh, no, for the first time in four you say the years. First time in forever. First time in f- first time in four years. Uh, we're no, going to visit. Have to sing at the show close. <laughs> damn it! Damn it! Damn it! Damn it! I always do that. Uh, <laughs> uh, I actually texted di- Ben, so I should have a chance at rebuttal for our show close. Uh, yes. If nothing else organically happens, but I, I'd much rather make you sing. No, I was going to say <laughs> that was going to be a deal. Is you make fun of my trip planning uh, in your head, but uh, if I have to sing, I'll sing. Uh, let's see. No, yeah, for the first time in four years or so, we are going to Disneyland. And the last time I went was like a quick day trip. Uh, we <laughs> were going on a, we were guests on a carnival, yeah, carnival cruise. No, not Carnival. Royal. Sorry, Norwegian. Not, nobody, not that any, none of the any of this matters <laughs> at all. Uh, but it was the inaugural cruise out of L.A. Uh, on Norwegian. That's cool, and so, uh, yeah, it was awesome. We, we Anytime we get invited to go on these inaugural cruises, it's freaking the best time ever. Uh, but we were able to sque- squeeze in a quick day trip to Disneyland uh, before we had to go out to the port and go, go sailing. So not even a real kind of vacation trip at all, but... 
the my girls have not been there in eight years or so, eight or okay. nine years. And so neither one of them were old enough to remember it, right? anything. Yeah. yeah. Uh, my youngest has not been on like Radiator Springs Racer. She literally wasn't tall enough to get on most of the stuff. So that's, that's how long it's been. So this for her is a fresh brand new trip for my oldest remembers a little bit. So we're going there for two days. Uh, and then oddly enough, my girls have actually just kind of like, they're, they're like me. We like movies <laughs> and, and, they they've become really obsessed with like the making of movies and like with my job they get to go to my office and excuse me uh they get to go on sound stages and they get to see you know how televisions made and so they they they're really consumed with that they like seeing that and so they have actually just wanted to go do the Hollywood stuff. And along with that, we're going to go to Universal Hollywood uh, okay. for probably two and a half days. We we actually are getting hooked up with a really cool, like it's a nine month long season pass that has blackouts on the weekend. But the first day that you go, even if it's a blackout day, is not blacked out. So you can go any time you want for your very first day. Huh. Uh, and then the blackouts kick in afterwards. Uh, but it's mainly just for the weekends. And the days that we're going to be going to, to Universal Hollywood is going to be during the week. So it was like $180 per person for this pass, which was like, you know, allows us to go really nearly three days. We could actually go three and a half days if we want to for 180 bucks each. So it was a no brainer to go with that version of the, of the ticket with them. Uh, and honestly, we can go back again in the fall if we want to, you know, we usually do like a little quick weekend trip. A lot of times it's been to, to Florida for a quick universal trip, but having this pass wouldn't shock me if we go back out there and utilize it, uh, again for a couple of days, uh, in the fall, but we're going to get to go out there for a couple of days. So essentially we'll probably be in a theme park for the most part of five days with a couple extra days to, to tour in and around Hollywood, go see the Hollywood sign, go down, uh, you know, Rodeo drive, go to go see the Chinese theater, all that fun stuff. But we're super excited uh, with Disneyland. You know, we, we, this will be the first time going to Avengers campus. Uh, my, my oldest is absolutely obsessed with Marvel. She's obsessed with the Scarlet witch. Uh, so she's got her, her witch, uh, Scarlet witch, Mickey ears or Scarlet witch uh, backpack. Isn't that all a Halloween stuff. costume? Uh, it was, but then I, uh, Santa Claus was able to hook her up with the, uh, with the actual park stuff that sold out in a day. Uh, okay. so we got the lounge fly backpack. We got the, we got the nice ears. Uh, so she's super excited to go do all that. So, uh, you know, doing, doing web slingers for the first time, going to be awesome. Uh, doing, uh, just seeing that whole area, seeing the Spider-Man's, uh, Stuntronic show, Mm-hmm. Uh, but the thing that probably has me excited the most is, and again, just kind of scrolling through TikTok and stuff, killing time at work uh, the last couple of days, getting ready for the trip, is I just forget about how much and how easy it is to see characters uh, in those parks. Uh, yeah, they're all over the place. The walk around characters. Right now, Kang is walking around uh, Avengers Campus recruiting people, uh, and there's no line to do it. It's just Kang walking around and <laughs> you, you get the, it's old school Disney. You get to go interact with characters as, as you see them moving about the park. So uh, my gut tells me we might be spending a couple hours of just doing nothing but hunting characters the whole time and trying to do stuff with them. So, uh, so what, that's, I, what I recall from when I was down there at um, the D23 Expo, uh, the line for uh, the guardians of the galaxy ride would extend deeper into Avengers campus and, it really wasn't bad. This is like the, um, uh, I was going to call it the express line. Uh, the, the, the genie line <laughs> genie, yep. would extend pretty far out. But during that time, 
each time I was in that line, I probably saw three or four different characters that were just kind of roaming around. So I wasn't necessarily going to be going up and taking pictures with them, but it was still cool to see the Marvel characters around. So Yeah, so we're we're super excited about that. Went and saw Ant-Man last night, so... And my youngest is not super into it, but she did go see that with us last night, so she's starting to get into it. But it's neat doing that because, again, we're going to see... We're going to see... Kang, uh, mm-hmm. they they want to go to the Pym test kitchen, uh, and so now you know they. My oldest knew all about it, but you know my youngest seeing seeing the Pym particles in action and what it means for you know enlarging, shrinking stuff. So now when we go do it, she'll she'll have a better understanding of why we're doing it and what what the reason behind it and all that stuff. So I, I don't challenge know, you to eat an entire pretzel by yourself. That is on the docket. We are absolutely getting the pretzel. They both mentioned it last night uh, as we were driving home from the movie about getting the pretzel. So I will not do it by myself. <laughs> pretty pretty <laughs> sure it's we will bigger be than your two it. girls. It's yep. it's, a, it's yep. massive. Uh, that it does look delicious though. You had me at beer cheese. And so <laughs> beer cheese is great. Uh, but speaking of Genie Plus, we did splurge. We did do that. We are Genie Plus in it up both days. With it works that, a lot better in Disneyland. It really does. Because well, you know, so much <laughs> close together that you yeah. probably won't have any issue getting on six to eight rides with Genie Plus. So here's the interesting thing though. Uh, it changed a little bit of our planning. Getting Genie Plus. What the idea first was going to do one park a day. Mm-hmm. We were gonna we were gonna do DCA one day, do do Disneyland the next day. Uh, but with getting Genie Plus, you know, Genie is not on every attraction uh, at those parks like it is in Florida, essentially. Right. So, you know, you can, like you said, it's easy to get on all those rides with Genie Plus. But you also can use all your Genie Pluses up pretty fast in the day. To be honest with you, because there's just not as many attractions with it. What we're doing now is we did add the park hopper to our ticket. Yeah, I think you have to, which I think if you're going to have genie plus, you need the park hopper because then you can really maximize the value of your genie plus purchase. Uh, because you honestly can probably do both parks each day on the genie plus side. Uh, it, 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 I've been sitting back studying and honestly, we're going to be going during a little bit busier time. It's going to be closer to spring break, but even watching today, uh, watching every day on how fast the the attractions go through their their tickets, you know, it's it's easily late at night where Space Mountain still has availability, where Big yeah. Thunder still has availability, uh, California uh, Credit Coaster has availability, Guardians has availability. So Guardians it, probably runs out first. Is is uh, Spider Man off of uh, yep. Individual Lightning Lane now? Yeah, Individual Lightning Lane is only on Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway. Rise of the Resistance and Radiator Springs Racers. Okay. So, yep, it's on regular one now. So, you know, if you have the park hopper and you focus on making sure you have those Genie Plus reservations uh, throughout your day, you can do a ton of stuff. You can do a lot. <laughs> yeah, you absolutely can do a lot. So we're, we're we are going to park hop now. Uh, and you know, it makes it nice where, not, you know, Pirates doesn't have it. Uh, Several Rides doesn't have it, but all of Fantasyland. All of Fantasyland doesn't have it, but you know, go wait in line with those while you have a Genie Plus burning in your pocket, yeah, and exactly. that's that's you do all right. So that's when was gonna be the last cool, time bro. you were at Universal Hollywood? So Universal Hollywood is going to be—I don't have the exact year on it, but I was there shortly after they added Fast and the Furious Supercharged to the end of the tram okay, tour. So you've been there far more recently than me. I looked. I, I think the last time I was there was May of 2007. I was wow. not a fan yeah. of that park. 
I just felt that for the longest time, Universal in Florida was substantially better and it wasn't worth my time other than the actual, uh, I guess the Waterworld show and the tram tour were both great, but everything else was, you know, comparable or inferior to what was in Florida. So I had a season pass here for about four years back when I was working uh, for Fox and I'd be on the Fox lot at least four times a year uh, for multiple days at a time. And the Fox lot's like eight miles from Universal Studios. So Mm -hmm. it would be nothing for me. Our day would be wrapped by three o'clock and the park would be open till seven. And I'd be like, oh, shit, I'm going to go to the park (laughs) and go go do a few things and, and, and leave. So. I honestly love that park, but again, you're talking to the guy on this podcast whose favorite Disney theme park is Disney's Hollywood Studios and <laughs> has a I mean, fond- I get that, yeah. But, but, I mean, we've taught – the way you guys, you know, fawn over old Epcot is the way I fawn over the original MGM Studios. And for me, it was all the backlot tour stuff. It was the going the behind the scenes. It was doing the Sa- Monster Sound Show. It was Superstar Television. It was Backstage Pass. It was a two-hour, you know, the, the, the two-hour tram tour and walking tour. That's the stuff I loved about that park. Uh, so Universal Hollywood just speaks to me. Like, this is my I kind of deal. I can see loving that. Because and, my oh first year was 14, and I was right in that same field. Like, it was fascinating to me to see – the creation of that stuff. And I actually, I went to a production of a sitcom that same trip. Like, I I think it was a show that only was like a mid season replacement called union square or union circle. Mm -hmm. But just getting to see a half hour sitcom being produced and how that was done was all Mm -hmm. very fascinating to me. So, yeah. Well, and you know, honestly for me, pound for pound, (laughs) the, the best theme park attraction in the in the world, <laughs> to me, I think you could argue, is that backlot tour. Like it's a pretty great attraction. It's an hour. It's an hour long. You do four rides on that. You do yep. King Kong 3D. You do Fast and Furious Supercharged. You do the old Earthquake ride. Uh, you do Jaws. You do uh, that along with an actual tram tour itself. So there's five rides right there. Uh, and you never know what you're going to see on that backlot tour. Like this is you're truly on a Hollywood backlot set. There is stuff being filmed while you're going around that you're going to see on television six months from now. Yeah, there's definitely recognizable things too. Where yeah. you go through that and you're like, that's the clock tower. You there's hill. I mean? You're in Hill Valley. You're you're yeah. seeing. Yeah, you're you're when you're on those New York streets. It's Spider Man too. The 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 second Sam Raimi film. It, you're on those sets. You those buildings are still there. The, you know the Psycho House, the the War right. of the World set. The uh, they added the set from Nope uh, to the Western okay. area, which is what they've done there is freaking awesome. We, my youngest, wanted to watch a scary movie the other night. She's at that age where she's starting to want to do that, but we're still a little careful. I was like, you know what? I'll let you watch Nope because you're going to get to see it on the tram tour. You're going to mm-hmm. see uh, the old West set from that. So we watched that, and now she's like, I can't wait to see that. <laughs> you know, okay. see the props from that film. It, and it's an hour long. You get to eat and drink on it. Like literally, go buy a go buy a tall boy beer and sit in the back of it and drink a beer while you're riding rides. Yeah. It's the best. Yeah. Uh, and and so the 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 value proposition of how long you wait for it plus the number of rides you get to do while you're on it. It for me, it's up there with the best theme park experiences in the world that you can actually go do. So, uh, and I, I love those rides. We like, return uh, ne- next year. Uh, we're doing a an eleven person family trip out to California, and I uh-huh. I think we probably are going to do that. Yeah, just because 
it's it's a place that we haven't been for a bit and it is that part itself is a great experience and they've they've substantially improved that park since I was last there. Oh yeah. So so especially before since you've been there I'll, I'll jump in real quick on my end that you know I have not been there since the Kung Fu Panda uh, Dreamworks Theater opened. Yep. I have not been there since uh, they added the Secret Life of Pets. Yep. I have not been there since they redid Jurassic uh, World, which I think looks freaking amazing. Uh, I can, like, Transformers I, I, wasn't there. That's yeah. I, I watched watch Backdraft on my last uh, yeah experience yeah. there. So, <laughs> and you know, for me, that hasn't even touched that. You know, Super Nintendo World's open. Right. So there's so much in that park for us to do that I haven't done before. And I, and all the stuff that I've always loved is still there. So, uh, you know, I love their mummy. Uh, I, I, I love water world. <laughs> it's a great it's show. It's a great show. That's- it's a great show. Uh, Oh, I haven't been there since Hogsmeade open. That, that's the okay. funny part is I'm saying all these things I'm excited for. And I forget, Oh yeah. Forbidden journeys there. Yeah, just right. a little, just a little ride called they Forbidden also have Journey. one of the best rides in the world. <laughs> yeah. So I, Oh, I get to ride that too. Uh, so that park to me, uh, is and that's that's it actually is the last time I was there was supercharged it just opened and you could see Hogwarts Castle like that was all okay. resurrected I was there probably a year before that opened so you know it's not a big park <laughs> some people say you can get it done in a day you certainly can uh, but we're not normal theme park people we like to ride stuff over and over again mm-hmm. and so you know I I could see us doing we're gonna be there for like I said three maybe three and a half days we could be doing the tram tour four to five times. To be honest with you, if anything, it's good for a hour long break to sit down and get off your feet and rest. Uh, we, I, I, there's also the one other thing that we'll probably do. We haven't decided we're going to get the express pass. We could get the express pass for one day, but we're there during spring break again. That it's one of the most uh, expensive times to get the express pass. Yeah. So we haven't decided if we're going to do that since we're going to be going there so many days. We'll probably go there the. The, uh, I'll get into our plans here in a minute, but the, the first day that we go, we'll probably be able to assess how we can handle the crowds there a little bit uh, and then decide from there if we want to do that maybe for one day, just kind of to, to jump everything and splurge a little bit uh, sure. and have some fun. But where were they going with this? There was uh, I'm looking at Universal's page right now just to kind of see what they've added that I wasn't aware of. The the one thing that we I think we are definitely going to do is they are doing a added fee ticket for the hour before the park opens. I believe it's twenty five dollars per person, uh, but you get an hour early access to Super Nintendo. Okay, I think we might end up doing that because I don't see there's any way that that one that area is actually very small. Uh, it seems jam packed throughout the day. The line for Mario Kart seems quite long, uh, all day long. So we might splurge and do the hundred bucks for the four of us to go in there with a small crowd and be able to ride the rides and do the experiences with little to no weight. You don't have to twist my arm too hard to do that. That seems like a pretty, uh, <laughs> decent value. I mean, again, I'm going to pay that same price for radiator springs racers, which is what four minutes. Right. I can pay right. that same price for an hour in a section of the park. Okay. <laughs> okay. So uh, I do think we're going to do that. I'm, I'm quite excited to see Nintendo. Uh, I'm ex- super excited that I'm going to, you know, on our next show, be able to bring you guys my own review of Mario Kart after yep. we just took a total dump on it uh, from the YouTube videos. <laughs> Honestly, from the people who have been on it out there, it seems like our opinions might be pretty spot on. Uh, they're yeah. complaining the same way we are, but I do want to see how that technology works for myself in person. Uh, 
you know, I'll, I'll, if anything, we're honest on this show. Uh, we'll give the honest review when we get back. I, I do want to see how the augmented reality maybe makes that seem a little bit faster than what it actually is. If it's a good dark ride, though, I'll tell you it's a good dark ride because uh, yeah. I love a dark ride. But just because I say it's a good dark ride doesn't mean that I agree with this is what the ride should have been, I guess, is what I'm saying there. Like, I still we talked think it about it that, like, ride. in order for it to have worked, that the best idea may have been to make it a passive experience, which seems wildly counterintuitive, but yeah. might be might be the truth. But we'll certainly wait for your opinion of it. Are yeah. you intending I, – I think first ride, definitely ride it as it's intended – but if you can ride it, if you've got enough, uh, if you if you're able to ride it multiple times, excuse me, if you can ride it without the visor on, that might be another yeah. another perspective. Yeah. So we'll 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 give it a couple of goes. We'll see we'll see how it works. But uh, if anything, I'm excited just to see that land. I, I want to see. Yeah, the land's the ki- incredible. But the, I, I want to see that moving in person. So. The 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 criticism of the land is kind of the same thing that I would well it's it's different than like a Toy Story Land because it's dimensional but it's still it's almost like you're trying to re- recreate like eight bit or even sixty four bit graphics mm-hmm. in in the real world I'm always going to be more inclined to see something that is dimensional like a Hogsmeade or Pandora or Cars Land yeah. or whatever it may be but at the same time like. We've talked about the best execution of a mediocre-themed environment. This is absolutely the best execution yeah. of, of what this could be uh, from a land aesthetic standpoint. Like, if you want to see a land of the world of Mario, they did it. Yeah. And criticisms of the ride notwithstanding, the general consensus is the land is exactly what people wanted it to be. I mean, honestly, the thing I may be the most excited to see is I want to see those piranha plants move in person. Yeah. yeah they I move so smooth. They look so good in the videos we've seen that it almost looks too good. If that, you know what I mean? Like it, it looks, I sit there and question like, how? Do, what is that made of to make it look and be able to move that way that easy and be that big? Sure. So yeah, I'm, I'm super excited to see that in person. Uh, excited to try some of the treats. I think some of the... Uh, the drinks and stuff look really cool, and, and, and Universal has proven they can do what Disney can't do uh, and make really cool treats and, and themed uh, uh, drinks. <laughs> Fun. I mean, and Disney can do it. They just often don't. Yeah, so. they, they, they miss the mark, <laughs> uh, but the, they have the three themed drinks in the Mario uh, Lamb, which I want to try all those. And again, I'm sitting there, and I totally forget, like, oh, yeah, I get to have Butterbeer. I love Butterbeer. Can't wait to have Butterbeer. So, does that land not, uh, not have the Yoshi ride? Does not have Yoshi, so it only huh. has Mario Kart. Uh, okay. So it is definitely a compact version of the uh, one overseas, and the uh, compared to the version that we're going to get at Epic Universe. But yep. they do have the tube over there that is slightly themed to Donkey Kong, and the word was kind of like how this area, the reception to this area, would be mm-hmm. if they wanted to tear down another soundstage and put the Donkey Kong ride, uh, Donkey Kong ride in, <laughs> and. I think I messed it up again. I know what I'm trying to say, but I'm uh, had a couple drinks, so we'll see. The giant uh, gorilla ride, giant, yeah, monkey ride. Yep. So, and from I guess there's maybe just some rumors. I don't. Have, it's obviously not been confirmed like at all through Universal, but again, this place has been just packed nut to butt, uh, open to close each day. That I think they are seeing there's going to be value to in knocking down another soundstage uh, and and adding the Donkey Kong. 
ride over there. So we'll see, but I, I, that won't shock me at all for them to make that expansion announcement sooner rather than later. But it is funny, like that, that area is just so pinched with the sound stages that they've got a, and, they, and that's a major revenue source for them is, you know, the production on that area. So if they tear that down, they've got to either figure out a way to make up that money uh, through the theme park area or find another place to build another one of those sound stages down in the near the New York section, which is what they did for this sound stage. And I think it looks like they'll do again. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm just looking and we always kind of look at like attraction lineup and things like that. Uh, the attraction lineup is, is pretty solid, especially when you consider the studio tour as part of it. There are nine other rides I think that I can count besides yep. the studio tour. So that's, I mean, that from a just quantity of rides uh, compared to Disney world in Florida, it's, it's less than Epcot, but I would certainly say that the attraction lineup is better than Epcot. And it has more rides than uh, Animal Kingdom and the studios and Hollywood studios. So probably combined. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> not not quite. But uh, I mean, your traction lineup. Just going through it. This is why you tuned into the show to tell you what you have at Universal <laughs> Hollywood. Uh, but the studio tour, Wizarding World of Harry Potter. You have uh, both Flight of the Hippogriff and Forbidden Journey. Secret Life of Pets is a pretty darn good dark ride. Uh, Mario Kart, Revenge of the Mummy, Jurassic World, the ride. I already said Flight of the Hippogriff. The Simpsons is there. Despicable Me, Minion Mayhem. So there's some there's some decent uh, attractions there. Transformers as well. So while I would still make the claim that it is probably not as good as a day over in Florida or multiple days over in Florida where you have those two parks that are jam-packed, this, the studio tour, you're right, Ben. It's, it is a unique experience that really does not exist anywhere else. And it is... I don't want to say that it's worth the price of admission by itself, but it is a reason to go uh, if you were otherwise in the area. So, well, I mean, even just for the film geeks and anybody, like you pass by Steven Spielberg's office, like yeah. Amblin, Amblin Entertainment, which is made to look like <laughs> it looks like uh, Tatooine. It, lo- it actually looks like the the shop outside of. Uh, Star Tours now, like it literally is almost <laughs> like they took the design from the Amblin offices and put that in Hollywood Studios. That's where he goes to work every day, yeah. you know, and for, for anybody who's in the film at all, that's so cool. <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, not one minute later, you pass by Alfred Hitchcock's bungalow. Yep. Like the, the place he went to work every single day. So there's just so much Hollywood history behind uh, that ride to go on top of all the fun things you do while you're on it. So, and, and, and again, this is, the, the 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 escalators you have to take from the upper lot to the lower lot. For anybody who's not been, it's it's essentially the park's divided into two. It's built on the, the side of a, for my three year old, by the way. Just the yeah, escalators that are that giant. It's not a mountain, but it's a very, very tall hillside. Yeah. With you know, the one of the longest escalators you will ever see that you go down. And honestly, just the sight, you look over the valley, you look over the Warner Brothers lot mm-hmm. as you go down that, and it takes you 10 minutes. And if you take the time just to look around, it's stunning. It's beautiful. Like this park is just built in a very beautiful section that you get, you know, sites that you don't get anywhere else uh, in the U.S., especially, you know, around the theme park. So it's cool. It's a cool experience. We're super excited about it. We, uh, we actually just did some rearranging of our trip. We leave next Friday night, uh, and we don't leave Dallas until like nine o'clock at night. So we get into LAX like at eleven thirty, and our original plans were going to Disneyland on Saturday and Sunday. Okay. And we made our reservations. We made our park reservations, all that stuff. 
uh, and then it just hit me like two nights ago. I was like, what time do, what time do we get in? And Lisa's like 1130. And I was like, man, I've been to LA, LAX enough to know that by the time we get our bags and then we shuttle over to the car rental and get our car and then drive to Anaheim two in the morning, maybe like yeah. it's going to, it's going to be about two in the morning with the thoughts of like, we're going to get up early and go, <laughs> we're mm-hmm. going to be there at park open and go. And so I'm like, man, you know, it's a two hour time difference. So we gain a little bit of time that first night back, but it's still going to be like going to bed at two, which would be going to bed for four for us. And then getting up like four hours later to the park is like, this is a terrible idea. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, and on top of that, Saturday night is daylight savings time. Okay. So we lose an hour there as well. So I had Lisa, I was like, I was like, is there any reservations available for, you know, Monday uh, at, at Disneyland? What if we went to Disneyland Sunday and Monday? That way we could sleep in a bit on Saturday and, and at least start our first day at Disneyland nice and fresh. We can do some of the Hollywood stuff on, on Saturday and just not be dead tired right from the get-go. We can sleep in a little bit and, and just start as start as clean as we can. And there was availability, so she made the switch. Mm-hmm. But that's when we also started looking to our universal ticket because I had known – we knew it was blacked out on the weekend. So, like, we'll just do Sunday, Monday, and then we'll drive up to Hollywood. We have a hotel at Anaheim right outside Disneyland on, on those first two nights. And then – I'm sorry – First three nights, and then we Anything have a place. Or just one of the places that is like on that uh, strip on what is it? Catalog yeah, it's it's a, it, it's a half mile from the front entrance, so it, you know, it. short short walk. And so, and then we'll drive up Tuesday night to uh, after we get done with the or Monday night after we get done with the park, we have a place up in Hollywood that's like three miles from Universal. Uh, you know, we'll stay. Disneyland is open till midnight uh, both nights that we're there, so we'll just stay till midnight. You guys can sleep in the car. I'll I'll make the thirty five minute drive up to Hollywood, yep. and then we'll get up and do the next thing and, and go to Universal uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, and then we can do a little bit Thursday, and then we fly back Thursday night. But that's when Lisa looked at our Universal tickets and realized that you know there is no blackout on the first day that you go. Yeah. So instead of it being blacked out that Saturday, we made a reservation for Universal for that Saturday, and what we're going to do is we'll sleep in a little bit. And go do some Hollywood stuff, but like it, that that park's open till ten o'clock on that Saturday night. So for five o'clock, six o'clock in the afternoon, you know we're we're gonna drive over there and we'll do a few things that night. Uh, we'll we'll, we'll get our tickets started. Uh, the the backlot tour closes usually two to three hours before the park closes itself. So okay. we can go in there and get a little you know night ride in on the the studio tour. Get our multiple rides in that way, and then. Uh, we're all dying to do the, do the new Jurassic World. Yep, yep. And so is that what night- you're looking forward to the most? What is what is it that you're looking forward to the most? Uh, uh, probably that because I love Jurassic Park. I love the Universal the 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 Islands of Adventure version of it. It's one yeah, of my absolute. It. It, it's one of my favorite it's definitely rides. Underrated. It is, and I think what they've done to this version of the ride is stunning. Uh, the 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 new section, the aquarium at the first is amazing i cannot wait to see that but then when you get into the uh actual drop tower and what they've done with that area and having the battle uh between the indominus rex and the t-rex and having blue help you out like that whole sequence up there i can't wait to see that in person because i don't think the videos that we've seen do it justice Mm -hmm. it's so big and so massive and so cool uh and the nice thing is is we're going to be there 
you know, after daylight savings. So it's in the park closes at eight during the week. So it's not going to get dark while we're there during the week, but that night before daylight savings and with the park closing at 10 means we're going to get to ride Jurassic world at night in the dark, you know, a couple times. Oh, there you go. <laughs> so That'd be pretty cool. we're going to do that that Saturday night and get our whole trip kicked off that way. Do the backlot tour, do Jurassic park a couple times, then drive back down to Anaheim and get two days in it. Disneyland and then head back up that way for uh, midweek uh, universal fun and uh, hopefully have one heck of a trip. I think, uh, I think it's going to be a blast. No, looking forward to hearing about it. And there's a lot of things that I certainly haven't experienced that you'll be doing, including Tron, which I apparently have put out in California for you. Well, my goal is to beat your last trip report by an excessive <laughs> amount. So just get ready. Sit back, relax, put your feet up, keep your hands and feet inside the uh, podcast at all times, and just get ready for one kick-ass trip report. We've also concluded that uh, sans Josh, we get into the top uh, U.S. rankings for travel uh, podcasts. So, <laughs> so that's uh, we'll figure out whether the driver is just the two of us or whether it's uh, a Tim-specific trip report. I'll make up something and, uh, and do a trip uh, report myself, even if I don't go anywhere. Well, to all, our, to all of our listeners in Brazil, thank you for listening. To all of our <laughs> listeners in uh, Poland, were we in Poland? We, we just peak in the weirdest countries. Uh, so <laughs> wherever you're listening to us around the world, in whatever language you speak, we say thank you. I'm looking at what our last one. So we had a, we were in the U.S. Uh, let's see, what was there was a weird one recently. There was, there was a weird one where we actually ranked in the in America. It's crazy. Uh, it's crazy. Canada the last time around. Netherlands. That was the last one mm, that was random. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Where uh, the last show did well in the Netherlands. We're very big with the Dutch. It's probably well, my wooden shoes. To uh, two of my favorite soccer players, Virgil Van Dyke and Aaron Robin. If you're listening uh, in the Netherlands right now, that's another uh, reason why your daughter can't listen to the show. That you. type of language. I know. I know. <laughs> All right. Oh boy. How do we dismount this thing now? I forget. It's been. I a just while. go into the outro. Is typically how it happens. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You can yeah. do that. Uh, cue the music. If you have any questions or topic ideas, you can email us at martycalled at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Twitter under the username at martycalled or join in on the discussions in our Facebook group, facebook.com slash groups slash martycalled. Our show is edited by the fabulous Tim Grass. Oh, sorry. That's not how we do this. Uh, ben, where can we find you online? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at backside underscore water. Uh, and like Tim mentioned, our Facebook group, I'll be uh, I'll be as active as I can be in our uh, group and our message group uh, during the trip. So if you want to follow along in real time, be sure to go join us over there and have some fun. If you do want to get in on that chat and uh, don't mind Gary or others uh, posting inappropriate comments into your Facebook Messenger feed, uh, that is bookmarked on our group page. So if you want in, <laughs> just let us know. Uh, you can find me on Twitter under the username at InfernoMarch. Thanks for listening, everybody, and have a good one. R.I.P. Sultan Asaki.
to get the Tesseract. The battle's just begun. We'll conquer the Chitauri. Let you swarm when we're done. Just how will we defeat them? We'll do it as a team. First Thor, unleash your lightning. Then Natasha, that's your cue. Yes. Then Hawkeye hit the bullseye. There's no better shot than you. 